Hello and welcome to the Plant Powered Podcast by Cassie Amber. I'm a holistic nutritionist. If you don't know me already, I'm just starting to diversify my content across onto YouTube and starting to be consistent with that and learning the ropes. So I thought, why not start a podcast at the same time? I know I love YouTube videos when I go to sleep at night. But I've just started getting into podcasts as well when I walk my dog every day. So it'll just be handy to be able to choose whether you want to watch a video or whether you want to listen to my chats. <laughs> so the first episode, I'm just repurposing an old piece of content, which is a plant-based Q&A with my dietitian friend from America. So I hope you enjoy. And yes, let's get into it. everyone and welcome back to <laughs> my channel so today i'm interviewing allison from all the way from america and we're going to do a plant-based q a which is really really exciting it's something i've wanted to do for a while um so we've got quite a few questions to go through and we'll just answer lots of the common queries that people have about this way of eating and this way of life um for those of you who don't know me um my name's Cassie Amber and I'm a plant-based holistic nutritionist and Alison is studying to be, is it a dietitian, plant-based dietitian? Yeah, registered dietitian. A yeah. long ways away, but I'm, I'm on the path. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm 25. I've been vegan now for um, about four and a half years, just shy of four and a half years. Um, I love this lifestyle. I was actually just at Trader Joe's today and the ladies were like, are you doing anything later? And I told them about what we were doing and we were talking all about like, they're like, oh, you're plant-based. And we talked about it all. And, um, it's, I'm just like so excited about this lifestyle. I talk about it with everybody I can, and I want to share as much information as I can. So I'm like thriving on this lifestyle and I want as many people as I can tell to know about it. So yeah, um, I'm another plant-based gal on Instagram, if you guys want to follow me there, too. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to say, I met, uh, well, found Allison through Instagram, and she just posts, like, even, I'd say, even better food than me, just, like, amazing recipes, full, like, home cooking every day, heaps of colorful um, meals and stuff, and it looks amazing. So, yeah, give her, I'll link her Instagram in the description below. So we've got quite a few interesting topics. Number one is, what's the difference between a plant-based diet and veganism? Yeah, so do you want okay, to so, that one? Yeah, I'll start. <laughs> so um, you can be both. So veganism is a lifestyle that seeks to exclude as far as practically possible um, all forms of like animal, animal products, the ex exploitation of animals. You're basically just living a lifestyle that uh says i'm not going to take anything from an animal that um they like they don't owe anything to me mm. so it's an ethical lifestyle and um it's something that i like deeply resonate with whereas um, a plant-based diet that's just how you're eating so that's just eliminating all animal products from your diet basically and you can be both you can be a junk food vegan or you can be a healthy plant-based vegan <laughs> it's up to you <laughs> <Really everything. laughs> yeah uh, the way that, or one of the things that interests me is when I took my studies, it was focused on the blue zone. So the, um, if you haven't read about it yet, the blue zones are the places around the world where people live to 100 years and older with the least amount of degenerative disease. So they've got the least amount of heart disease, diabetes, 
um, obesity and cancer. And they've had all these studies done on them to see how they live to be so old, but still be so healthy and active into like living past 100 years old. And mm -hmm. they eat um, like very, very minimal amounts of meat or no meat, like one to 2% of their diet, or some of them are completely vegan as well. In the Okinawas, they still have like pork and they've got pigs on the island, but it will just be the, basically the decoration of the dish, not like the main course like we do in the Western diet. Yeah. Um, so my study stated that plant-based means temp, uh, animal products take up 10% or less of your diet. And I like that approach because I think that everyone's got different levels and different balance and I think that everyone absorbs nutrients differently and everyone feels um, different. So some people might go vegan for a few years and then they stop. They might not be feeding themselves correctly or they might not have had the right test done to see if they're missing out on certain um, nutrients. So that would be the number one if you're not feeling well, just see like what adjustments can be made. Um, but some people do feel better having like a small amount of animal products in their diet. So I like to cater towards that kind of thing as well. So I cater towards full vegan and then people who want to move into more plant-based but might want to do it at their own pace or just do it slowly and swap things out as they get used to it um, kind of thing. So I think that's a really cool approach because it's not so black and white or all or nothing. And it's like allowing my clients to like choose their level, I guess you could say, but it's still making such a big difference to their health and to the animals and to um, like the health of our planet. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Question number two is kind of related do you have to go 100 percent um so i would say no because yes i'd say it's more important to have more and more people doing it like as well as they can or most of the time um instead of just like a few people doing it perfectly so yeah once again it depends on how the individual feels and like yeah what balance suits them best but it's better to get more and more people doing it yeah most of the time or 90 percent than people being turned off because they say they can never have a certain kind of product ever again. And it means that they won't make any change at all. So yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's such an overwhelming feeling when you are changing your lifestyle or starting a new eating pattern. You're like, wait, I can't have, you know, this, that, and the other ever again. What do you mean? And that like freaks people out. I was really freaked out by that at first. Like I, as, as like weird as this sounds, I loved goldfish crackers. They were like one of my favorite snacks. And um, they have dairy in them. And uh, when I was like transitioning to veganism, I literally in the back of my head was like, I can never have goldfish crackers again. What do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like so afraid of it. And people would ask me, even though I was like 99% vegan, I'd like still have goldfish crackers every now and then. So people would ask me like, oh, are you vegan? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. Like, I didn't want to like identify with that label because I was like, I know I still have goldfish crackers every now and then, which is so dumb now to think about. But yeah. um. But yeah, like eventually you, you know, you find new things that you like to replace it instead, other snacks. And um, it's just so much easier to have the mindset going in that like, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to mess up. It's going to be okay. But as long as I like stay, you know, consistent, like on track the majority of the time, like it just all of a sudden you realize one day like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And that's all I can do. Yeah. And for me personally, when I made the trans transition, I'd say it took me a year. So I was still, I was working in hospitality doing 800 people dinners and stuff. And sometimes the only food we'd have is the leftover uh, like canapes and stuff when we'd like have a snack in between our breaks. And it was very like intense work, I would say. Um, but I'd 
yeah, I would say I still ate like one meat meal a month for the first year. And then eventually, yeah, I had cut way down on cheese and stuff. And then eventually you just don't, well, I just found that I didn't really crave it anymore. Like the taste was really intense because with plants, like there's hardly any sodium or fat, like saturated fat or anything like that. And then when you do have those products, again, it's very, very rich that I can't really tolerate it anymore. Like it's a bit too intense for your taste buds so I just feel like yeah even if you just make a start and just do a most of the time approach or even just eat vegan or plant-based during the week um then eventually you're like your taste buds and body will adapt and then yeah it makes it easier to make the transition I'd say yeah absolutely you find new things that you love and all of a sudden you go to eat those other things that you thought you loved and you're like I don't really love this as much as I thought I did (laughs) question number three is how to substitute um, some of the main essential nutrients like protein, iron, and calcium, and how much do we need? So I do have like a free seven-day plant-based introduction course. I call it Plant-Based Masterclass Series. So I'll just give some of the like alternatives that you can have. So for protein, I still have mock meat. So some of the high-quality brands still do have a lot of protein, like the plant-based mince or the plant-based chicken I have or sometimes sausages made from tofu other than that tempeh and tofu are great options there's like some veggies like broccoli and asparagus and soy milk's got a good protein content nutritional yeast is like a cheese substitute it just tastes like cheese flakes but it's dairy free and it's also great for b12 so you can mix that into pasta sauces put it through any savory dish put on top of your avocado toast um, into stir fries I also love that pulse pasta, which is made from chickpeas, um, beans, peas, and lentils, and adding like quinoa to my salads and stuff as well is really nice. Some of the ways you can get iron is just in a lot of the foods we're already eating, like beans and legumes, tofu and tempeh again, pumpkin, sesame, hemp, and flax seeds, nuts and nut butters, um, dark leafy greens, mushrooms, um, tomato paste, grains like amaranth spout oats and quinoa it's just like an already a lot of the foods that we have and then with calcium that can come from dark leafy greens a lot of the plant milks are already fortified with calcium you can also get it from tahini blackstrap molasses beans peas and lentils again seaweed uh, nut seeds and rhubarb stalks and oranges so there's still a lot of ways to get that um so if you want to learn more about this stuff in depth like b12 zinc uh what is it iodine omega-3 i cover like all of those nutrients i'll link that plant-based masterclass series below and then yeah we'll just give insights into what actually happens in the animal industry that you may not know about and then um yeah different tips to get you started um do you have anything you'd like to add for getting your nutrients or maybe talk about the app that you use for your meal training? Yeah, you definitely covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, I would just say like my, my biggest tip um, for like getting all the different nutrients is just to try to eat a big variety of foods. You know, some people get stuck on like they love potatoes and rice and they love tofu and they love broccoli and they love oatmeal. And like, that's pretty much like where they're getting most of their calories from every single week. But um, 
there could be certain nutrients that are a little bit lower. Like you said, like tahini has like tons of calcium, um, throwing that in like a few times a week, if you can, or, you know, adding in some different like chia seeds or hemp seeds or flax seeds, or just like having a variety of vegetables and nuts and seeds and grains. There's there's such an abundance of different foods out there that are plant-based and it'll just increase the amount of nutrients that you're getting. Um, and like from, from all the different sources, cause everything has a little bit different, uh, macro and micronutrient profile. So you want to be getting them from like lots of different sources. So, um, I always hear all the experts say that like for a healthy gut microbiome and for nutrients that you want to be aiming for like about 40 plants, 40 different plants per week. And it's kind of a fun thing to do. Just like sit down and think like, okay, normally I have onions and garlic and I have black beans and corn tortillas and you know, all those things you like kind of lay out like what your week kind of looks like and see like, am I getting a variety of plants? Cause if you count it all out and you're only getting like 12 plants per week. Like that's great. And all your, you know, getting all your protein and everything, but like all the different plants have tons of different micronutrients. So like, I would just recommend getting like a variety of them and sitting down and like really finding out like, am I getting a variety of plants per week? Yeah. That's what I'd recommend. Also that app that you were talking about just now is um, called chronometer. I love that app so much. If you're a vegan, you you probably follow Mike the vegan and you've heard about it a million times because that's where I learned about it. Um, but it just is different than my fitness pal. It's for tracking, but it has like everything. It has all the different amino acids. It doesn't just say protein. It has all the different amino acids. It doesn't just say fat. It shows your saturated, your, your unsaturated fast. And then it shows your omega three to omega six ratio, uh, f- how much fiber you're getting, like all the different, um, vitamins and minerals. I think it's so helpful. And especially like for me, I go, I like to go get, go get blood tests done, um, like every single year and that's kind of expensive and not everyone can afford to go do that. So it kind of helps you to be a little bit more sure of your diet when you know, okay, I've tracked like a few days where like, these are like the normal things that I'm eating throughout the day. And I'm, I'm, it's like green bars across on everything. Like I'm getting everything that I need. It helps you to feel a little bit more confident about a plant-based lifestyle. And then if you notice there's things like I noticed that I wasn't getting enough vitamin E. And so now I add sunflower seeds to my food every now and then just to like sprinkle it in and make sure I'm getting a little bit, you know, so it's just really helpful. So yeah, chronometer, we'll link it below. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Another point to touch on as well. I think that even people who don't eat plant-based or vegan, I think that everyone should get nutrient tests like at least every one to two years. Probably yeah. I saw once that like you should just do it every year on your birthday because then at least you like around your birthday because then at least you remember. Um, mm-hmm. I'm scared of needles and I don't like get blood tests, but I get um, hair follicle tests or I invested in this. It's like an energetic scanner for my nutrition business. So you just put your hand on it and it scans all the nutrients in your body, like all your vitamins and minerals, your mental health and environmental toxins. So I'll do that like once a year kind of thing, or like hair follicle tests or blood tests, then um, it will just at least show you if you're missing out on anything. Cause sometimes like, yeah, life gets the better of you and you're not like eating the right kind of things. Even for myself, I haven't been like in the right mindset to cook for the last month because my personal life has been crazy. And I've just been eating like heaps of those supermarket salads, which is fine for like fiber and getting in a bit of greens, but it's not like nutrient dense veggies. So that's another thing I need to get back into now is like adding way more like deep green veggies, way more color and just like really filling up my plate properly instead of just doing the bare minimum. And yeah, really looking after yourself so you get a wide range of vitamins and minerals. And the Mm -hmm. other thing I wanted to touch on is that um, 
heaps of people, especially in the fitness industry, they just have like the same meals every week, like chicken, rice, broccoli, or these certain dishes that like always have the same ingredients, but you really need variety for your gut bacteria and also to get different um, nutrients from a wider range of foods, not just the same go-to meals all the time. So it's important every week or something just to try like a new recipe or just try something new or buy an ingredient that you've never bought before and just like experiment a little bit. And then um, that will just really help with like your energy, vitality and your gut health and your mood and everything like that as well. And just making sure you're covered for all your (laughs) nutrients. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's something to keep you successful too on like making this lifestyle sustainable is like you said, trying new recipes. I think that it's so fun to try new recipes. Like just recently, I went to the Asian market um, in my town and I found these like little like rice cakes. They're just yeah. called rice cakes, but I had never heard of them. And I saw someone like post in a video that they were having them. And I was like, excuse me, what is that? I guess it's like a Korean street food and um, tukboki is how it is. It's, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I looked up like how to pronounce it and I'm pretty sure I am, but that's what it's called. Uh, it's really difficult spelling, but um, we made that the other night and we had uh, just like this really cool experience. Everyone in the house was like, what are you eating? And we're like, it's, it's so much fun to just try new foods. Like when I wasn't vegan, I pretty much ate the same meals. I ate like a lot of fish and a lot of chicken. And uh, I guess I ate like some vegetables, but like not really. I just had no idea like all the amounts of foods that were out there. And I'm constantly, my dad's actually transitioning to a plant-based diet and he's constantly like, wait, what is that? He's like, never heard of anything that I'm talking about. And it's just kind of fun. Like there's all these different cultures and all these different foods that are available that like, sometimes we're just stuck in our little bubble and we never branch out. Yeah. So, hmm. um, question number four is how to socialize at events and dining out tips. So do you want to start off with that one? Uh, sure. So um, how to socialize at events as somebody plant-based. Um, it's easier. I think for me, a lot of my family and friends are plant-based. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have, I, I, I can empathize. Like I can understand there were times when I first went vegan where I would, um, go to, like, I remember I went to Christmas once and I just ate a baked potato and my grandma was like, why aren't you having the ham? Why aren't you having the, turkey? <laughs> the gravy? I made your favorite potato salad and all these things. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, you can, I just like played it off. Like I just wasn't that hungry. And, um, because I knew like it would just turn into this like big whole conversation. So I think like in those moments, kind of pick your battles. Um, if you, if you want to like, you know, be open and honest with your family and tell them why you are eating this way, go for it. If you think they're going to be receptive, but just know that sometimes they won't be. And that's only because they care about you. They think that you're going to die of a nutrient deficiency. And um, sometimes it's just a little easier to like order some dry toast and jam at a restaurant with them, or, you know, just kind of like, enjoy the social aspect of it without really like enjoying the food aspect of it. If you're at a restaurant that is like chosen by somebody else. Um, there've been plenty of moments where I remember one time I had to go to like a fish plate. It was like, it was like Joe's crab shack or something. And they had broccoli as like a side order. And I was like, okay, I'll just have some broccoli. (laughs) Like that's happened to me before, but Uh, most of the time it's not like that. Most of the time socializing is no big deal and it's fun. Just know that, you know, you can make it work pretty much anywhere you go. And as long as you're with the right people that care about you and, you know, are going to respect you, then it's going to be a good vibes all around. So, yeah, what I kind of do is 
if I can, I, well, I usually just have my go-to places that I like to dine out and wherever I'm living at the time, I just find the places that do offer like amazing vegan food. And then I know it's not going to like upset my stomach and also like trying to get gluten-free stuff as well. But most places are pretty open to it now, but it wasn't long ago. Some places still don't know what it is, like some of the chefs and stuff. And they're like, I see people posting their vegan groups and they like ask for something vegan. Oh, I've done that before. <laughs> I worked this job. I just had to um, hand out like poor sparkling wine at a golf course. And then they asked for your dietary requirements before and I put vegan. And it's like this really sweet older lady <laughs> was cooking. And she's like, oh, are you the one that was vegan? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, here's this quiche. And it had like egg and pastry. And I think, I think, can't remember if it had ham in the bottom or not. No. Like, yeah, like cheese on top. And she thought it was vegan. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I think I just ate like a little bit of the pastry from the outside. Oh my God. <laughs> like she really tried though, but there's been like, yeah, there's a few places where if you don't have meat on your dish, the only thing is those salads with like the stabby lettuce, like the sharp lettuce that's really gross and a really gross dressing. But usually mm. like you just find your go-to places that have really amazing food and then like they cater for everyone and like even friends who aren't vegan will love that food as well. Um, so yeah, so I always just like look at the menu beforehand or yeah, just go to the places where I know will cater for me. And with how to tell your partner, friends, and family. Yeah, so when my family found out, they were, like, yeah, horrified and, like, yeah, thought that I was going to die as well. But, it's yeah, it was only because they care about you and they've brought you up, like, eating that food for your whole life and then for you to, like, not eat this thing that's, like, the main staple on their plate. They, like, really worry about your well-being and stuff. So I think just making sure they know that you're, like, actually looking after yourself and you're, like, eating properly and nourishing yourself well that's the main thing and um my my dad actually like I said he's been uh eating more plant-based and I just took him recently there's an all-vegan Mexican food place uh locally and I took him there and he had never tried jackfruit before and I was like I bought him a can of it and I was telling him how to cook it but he was kind of like skeptical about it and um he just like wasn't sure he's like I don't understand but I was like just come with me and we'll go get a jackfruit carnitas burrito and then you'll understand like I'll show you how good it is and we were sitting there eating and he was like picking it out. Just like how, like, this is, this feels and tastes like this is like meat. And, um, he was just like shocked by how delicious it was. And we were having this conversation while we were eating about how, when I first went vegan, he was like, I don't know what she's going to eat. I don't understand like what, what do vegans eat? Like I, it didn't make sense to me. And that was because like, in his mind, it was just like, you know, meat and potatoes and like that whole, yeah. that whole mindset. And then he's like, but I hang out with you. He's been like hanging out with me and going on walks with me in the morning. And I've been like talking to him about recipes and he's been making stuff on his own. And he's like, I'm trying all these new foods. Like I didn't even know existed. And, you know, um, anyways, he just, there's just so many foods that like people just aren't sure of and, uh, going vegan and or eating plant-based, like, ex uh, oh my God, I'm losing my words. Go ahead. You're just exposed to like this whole new lifestyle. Yeah. I was just going to say one story that happened to me at like a family Christmas as well. This was like only two years ago, but it was like with family that I don't usually see on my stepdad's side. And then they 
yeah, they really made fun of me that year because they just thought I was so weird and like, how could I not eat meat and stuff? And then they handed me the plate and they're like, you can eat the plate for lunch because the plate's vegan. And like, you want to go out there and like eat the grass with the cows because that's vegan. And I was like, ha, 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 like the most fake plate. <laughs> But then um, what you do, you just bring them the most amazing vegan food. So for the last few Christmases, I've always made these um, lentil and mushroom sausage rolls. And it's got a blend of like tomato sauce, barbecue sauce and sweet chili sauce just mixed into it. And then like heaps of herbs and spices and stuff. And then it's very meaty tasting, but it's um, like plant-based or vegan. And all like the big men, like my big uncles and stuff, it was their favorite thing. They couldn't like believe it. So yeah. bring amazing food and then um before we go on to the next stuff I just I just wanted to touch on my nana as well I think she's nearly 70 I think she's 69 and she has been a vegetarian for ages and then just recently went I think she eats like similar to me so she still has fish and then eggs just from chickens from like local lifestyle blocks in the town but like 90% plant-based um and she is so healthy for her age and she walks the dogs 5k every second day like so fit and she's got pet cows as well she used to she left her office job when she was younger and then went into dairy farming and then she was the nicest like farmer you could have but she had to end up getting out of it because she couldn't handle taking the babies off their mums and stuff um but she went into it for the love of it but then like after a few years like couldn't do it anymore and I asked her the other day I was like oh do you still have that cow that's 18 years old and she still has it like from all that time ago she just like keeps them for pets she drives out there like every second day to change all the fencing and stuff and like runs the dogs there yeah she's just so fit and like will carry huge hay bales yeah do all the fencing walk up and down these steep hills and she's plant-based and she's nearly 70 so I think that's that's the goal yeah, that's, that's amazing. That like, yeah, it really, really helps you become healthier. And even my papa, he's um, diabetic. And then once she started changing his diet too, like his eyesight, um, like your eyesight, eyesight, I think you start to get cataracts or something when you get older. And it was just improving and getting better and better as he was getting older. And the doctors were like, how is this happening? <laughs> yeah, it's because of the diet. So that's really inspiring, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that is inspiring. That's the goal. Like I like tell my fiance all the time because we talk about the blue zones too a lot. And I just I want to know, like I wish I could just like kind of jump there right now and see, like, you know, after a whole lifetime of eating plants, like what is my 80-year-old self gonna look like? Like, you know what I mean? I want to know. Yeah. Um, the next question is finding middle ground with a non-vegan partner. So with you and your partner, you're both eat exactly the same, right? Was it always that way? Or did one of you, he started first, didn't he? he? Yeah, he's been vegan for, it'll be nine years in August. Oh, yeah. And um, he, we actually were like introduced to each other because somebody was like, oh, I know a cute single vegan guy. And I was like, oh, whatever. But yeah, so we've like had that in common, like our whole first date, we just, you know, we just vibed. We had that. <laughs> we were on the same page. Um, but I was prior to my current partner, I was with somebody that um, wasn't vegan and that was really hard. He wasn't understanding at all. He wasn't supportive. Um, we didn't have the best relationships to begin with. And when I went vegan, he just thought it was like a joke. He like didn't take me seriously. I remember one time we were actually in San Francisco and he had ordered bacon and he was like, 
putting it like to my nose telling me like try and taste it try and taste it like this is so good it was like it was really bad so um wouldn't recommend that uh it that was like what made me see like okay like I absolutely like I I have to end this relationship for like a plethora of other reasons but that was something that I was like you know that's just completely disrespectful and wrong so I didn't have a positive experience being in a relationship with somebody that wasn't vegan but I do know that a lot of people do obviously make it work because they're with somebody that is way more respectful and supports them. And as long as you are understanding of the other person and, you know, going into it, obviously it was easier because I like was able to choose to find somebody that was vegan. Um, or I guess it just kind of ended up that way. But, um, so I like, I don't, I really don't have that much experience with being with a non-vegan partner, but I do know that like tons of people have videos about it on YouTube. They make it work. They like to talk about their experiences with it. And I think if you guys like have a bunch of understanding and love and respect for each other on other levels, then that should just be a no brainer when it comes to like your food choices. Yeah. For me, they've got to be, they've got to like my food and yeah, just be respectful. And I guess have the same, like at least half the same values and interests. I, I, couldn't be with someone who's like yeah doesn't want to look after their body and someone who just eats it all the time like I wouldn't expect them to be exactly the same as me but I couldn't handle if they were cooking all this like really like fatty meat and then like if the smell is cinching through the house like even bacon is really I like plant-based bacon there's brands that make it very realistic but the smell of real bacon is very intense and Wow. And like, I even used to do a supermarket sampling and like hand out um, samples of coconut water and stuff. And at Christmas time, they cooked a ham in the supermarket and it was like wafted over to my store. But like, I wouldn't be able to have that in my house. But as long as they like are respectful and like, like my food and like interested in making some of the same choices kind of thing. And it's really mm-hmm. sad when you see in these Facebook groups, these women have kids to this like husband and the husband won't even taste the food they make and oh they won't even eat it they expect them to cook it for them oh it just sounds like so disrespectful and stuff so it's not like the food's disgusting or anything um so as long as they respect you and just finding that middle ground and heaps of people um like they'll just cook like their the normal dish like make the stir fry or whatever and they put it like the tofu in or whatever alternative they want and then the guy will just or the other partner will just cook their like chicken or something in a separate pan and add it to the meal Mm -hmm. after so that's a way to do it as well um I just wanted to share a story I just remembered about my flatmate so the girl it's a young like married couple and the girl is vegetarian and the guy is not but they like eat mostly vegetarian because she does most of the cooking or I guess he just wants to respect her and she's gone away on holiday and the guy bought like plant-based burger patties when she's not even like I saw them on the bench and then his um his on the like phone to his friends and they're playing like video games and the guy was like oh like do you only eat video because you like because your wife is and he was like oh well most of the time but when uh, and they said isn't the mock meat like more expensive and he's like yeah well I eat video most of the time but he said uh, if you think about like the state of the planet I don't put mind putting a bit of extra money towards that to help the planet and I was in the kitchen yeah. I, was like, oh. <laughs> I was like it's so nice to be around people who even think like that or even care even if they're not perfect but like yeah, just people who value that same stuff willing to make an effort I was like that is the cutest thing ever <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome yeah 
Question number eight is overcoming the concept of meat being an essential part of a dish. So if I just start off with that, you've got to replace it with nutrient dense foods, but make sure that it's always like filling and it's got lots of fiber, lots of complex carbs and other sources of protein. So say instead of having um, a sandwich with ham on it, um, just swap it for like crispy tempeh pieces or the vegan chicken or like there's lots of other ways to get it and like just stack it up with lots of veggies and stuff but even with salads like adding heaps of like quinoa to it instead of just having lettuce so it's got a lot more stuff to digest with and make it more dense and um like having sweet potato and um like roast pumpkin and stuff and even having like um wholemeal pasta salad or like that pulse pasta salad so it's like very dense and filling like I used to do that um with like pasta pesto and like vegan chicken pieces and like tomato and spinach or something like so basic and just mix it all together but it's a lot more dense than just a green salad with no like nothing to it that won't actually keep you feeling full or nourish your body kind of thing um what was the other part yeah so just making sure you add enough nutrients and you can also um it's also encouraged to eat more so instead of just still eating the same small portions because you're yeah, watching out for that kind of thing um heaps of or a few girls that i know they post in the facebook groups their guys work intensive labor jobs and they're trying to get them to eat vegan but they weren't like giving them enough food to fuel their day so you can really stack up your lunch i take like a whole bag of food <laughs> when I go to work. Like, yeah, all my snacks, yeah like my my lunch or my salad or sandwich or whatever then like apple and um what like protein bars and i take like a smoothie or a protein shake for like when i'm working and like yeah i take heaps of food but yeah definitely making sure you eat enough and do you have anything to add to that one as well no uh, you, you <laughs> <laughs> question number Oh, this one's kind of the same. Yeah, how to feel how to feel full without meat. So yeah, just making sure you stack your plate up, adding lots of nutrients, always making sure you eat enough protein, um, having lots of complex carbs, and yeah, it's pretty easy. And just making sure you eat enough food. Does it affect muscle mass or fat loss? So I went plant based. Well, I started my plant based journey the same time I started strength training, and I went to the gym and got a weights program from the PT and I was like I always I did like athletics and lots of dancing and netball and rugby when I was young and I was already like I'd say I thought I was already muscly and I was like I cannot do weights because I'm gonna look like a man and then he was like no trust me you <laughs> you won't um, and then I went plant-based at the same time and for me it's life-changing because the food has little to no saturated fat like the calories are much lower and you can eat more and I just love food so I just love that whole concept and I think it's so important because with the current way that people look at dieting it's like how can I limit what's on my plate how can I lower my calories as much as possible and with eating plant-based it's like how many nutrients can I add onto my plate or how many colors can I add onto my plate or what sources of protein or carbs can I eat today and it's a much more abundant mindset and I think it's a lot better for our mental health and like our relationship with food and then mm. once I started weight training like the more muscle you have in your body the faster you're resting metabolism so even though I do like a lot of computer work and um sitting down and stuff when I'm working on my business like you'll burn more calories because you're doing strength training so I found it so amazing and then 
even during COVID, I completely lost my flow with working out and I didn't enjoy going to the gym. I wasn't excited to work out anymore. I guess I was bored of my routine and just the whole thing of living in the pandemic <laughs> threw me off course. And I didn't, even though I was at home and still eating a lot of food, it wasn't working out. Like I never put on weight because the food is so healthy. I know it's not the same for everyone, but it's just showed me a lot I like lost a lot of toning and like looked a lot softer but it was so easy to see like how naturally you can stay in shape just by eating good food because that's 80% of like being healthy basically so I've just found it to be so amazing that I just want to recommend it to everyone as well yeah absolutely I I've noticed for me I've just maintained my weight so easily like it's it's pretty much effortless um I'm not really like I'm, you know, always, you know, got this whole, I'd love to like lose a little bit of weight kind of in the back of my head, like I'm sure everybody does, but it's never been anything where I've been like, I'm unhappy with my body, you know, like since being vegan, I've kind of just settled into like, I feel so good on the inside. I feel so healthy and I like live such an active lifestyle and I like, I feel like I'm thriving in that way. So I've never, um, I don't know, just like since being since being plant-based, it just feels really like effortless. You know, I'm just maintaining my weight the way it is. I'm not really like trying to like lose weight or put on muscle. And I'm like, I, I kind of like told my fiance the other day, like if I was in this body forever, I would be perfectly content, you know? That's so cute. So, yeah. yeah. When I um, made the change, I would never try to lose weight on the diet, but I think it was over a period of like four to six months after I started doing um, different exercises at the gym and eating plant-based, I never you like tried to drop fat or anything but I just suddenly like look back at old photos of myself and then I just looked so much different so it just happened completely on its own and I think yeah it was just yeah really life-changing I'd say yeah yeah question number 11 is is it expensive um I think it's 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 as expensive as you want it to be so some of most of the cheapest foods we have available to us are plant-based foods if you think of like yeah potatoes rice beans like you can feed whole families and like oats as well whole families for like very very cheap um but then if you want to buy the mock meats and the cheeses and like certain supplements um like protein and stuff then it can add up like i guess you are just paying for convenience because heaps of people they just make cashew cheese or make their own like vegan chicken out of seitan and stuff like that so I guess it's just you pay as much as you want to pay but it's very affordable if you want it to be affordable or if you want like all of the specialty items then you end up you end up paying more but it's up to you <laughs> yeah yeah, absolutely people say that to me all the time like I have co-workers that are like oh you're vegan that must be really expensive and I'm like we make the same amount of money. <laughs> like I, I don't spend that much money on groceries. It's really not much. I, I spend the exact same amount as I did prior to going vegan. Um, I do buy some specialty things cause I can afford to, but I don't like, I wouldn't say that that makes up the bulk of my diet. I pretty much live off of like frozen vegetables and canned beans and, and whole grains. So those are all really, really cheap and oats. Those are super, super cheap. And, um, there's also like, you know, I pay attention to different supermarkets and like how much things cost at those stores. So like I'll buy some things at Trader Joe's and I buy some things at Sprouts and some things I buy at the Asian market. Um, cause you know, some places like there's this local grocery, grocery store called Barron's that they're crazy. They just try to charge you like two ninety nine extra for everything. And, you know, so like if you go to certain health food stores or I don't know, I don't really shop at Whole Foods that much, but Whole Foods, anytime that I am there, I feel like I spend more money than I do anywhere else. So 
being mindful of those stores. There's actually a video that um, I was telling you about before that we can link for everybody to watch, but it's from Rich Roll, where he actually like goes into, I think he only spends $25, but he says like, what does $25 get you at this store and this store and this store. And he goes through like, I don't know if he just does it all in a day or if it's like over the course of a week, but it's just like him on his little shopping cart and throwing in like two things, like two juices at this one store and spending $25 and being like, oh yeah, veganism's expensive. Right. And then he keeps like moving down the ladder, like to other grocery stores. And then he ends up at a market at the end where he fills his cart full of stuff for 25 bucks. And you know, it just depends like where you shop and what you're buying. So, um, we'll definitely, we should link that video for everybody to watch. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yes, like not expensive, I guess green vegetables where I live are expensive, but like if you just bulk it out with like your starchy veggies and stuff as well. And like tofu is so cheap. Like it's, it can be really easy to do, but it depends how you go about it. My, my dad and my brother, actually, they, I, I never shop there, but they're always like raving about that. They shop at the 99 cent store and that they get produce there. And I, I didn't know that they had that. And he's always telling me that they've got like random little vegan products that he'll find like vegan yogurts or cheeses or things like that. Um, I don't really know how those stores work. If it's just like, they have a way to get like overflow from other stores or I'm not sure why it's so cheap, but that like, there's tons of options out there for people. And there's also, I have something locally and somebody watching this might have something to them, but there's actually this like food bank that you can go to, um, where you spend, I think it's like $20 or $15 and you can just fill up your cart with stuff. And they have like a big whiteboard in the room full of like, you can get like four cucumbers and three uh, squashes and a whole bag of potatoes and all these things. And you can do like the plant-based like version of that. You don't have to like get the meat or anything that they offer. Um, but there might be something like that for you in your area. You just have to check it out and see. Cause I know my dad was doing that for a while. He was, he brought me this like huge case of coconut milk yogurt one time. He's like, here, I got this for like 10 cents. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, why? Or like he found like BioLife uh, cheddar slices there one time that were like 99 cents instead of like paying like 4.99 that you would normally pay somewhere else. So um, just do some, do some paying attention to the prices places and see what you have locally to get yourself a bargain. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> um, number 12 is how do you find the time to cook and meal prep? Um, so what I do is I just cook in bulk. I only choose, say when at the start of my week, when I figure out what I want to make for the week, I just choose a few lunches and a few dinners, like two lunches and three dinners, a couple breakfasts or something like really basic. Usually it's some of like my go-to meals or just things I just think of in my head, but I only choose a hand, like a couple of recipes and I write down the ingredients I need for each. And then that lasts me the whole week. So I'm only cooking a few nights a week or Sometimes if it's just a salad that's already done or if the roast veggies are already done, then you just got to cook whatever protein you choose. And because you don't have to wait for the chicken to be like cooked in the middle or anything, it's a few minutes yeah. in the pan. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's quicker. It is yeah. more food prep compared to someone who might be eating um, meat or eating like the Western diet and are buying like a lot of takeout. So it might be a bit of a transition, but I just always say to my clients, cook the things um, in bulk that take the longest. So whether it's a big pot of rice at the start of the week or a whole oven tray of roast veggies or a big thing of quinoa or pasta. And then you can even just um, change your flavoring throughout the week or whatever salad or veggies you want to have on the side or whatever protein. But you've got that bulk of um, whatever it is to mix into your meals and it makes it really easy. And yeah, you can even just do like huge things of soup or lentil um, 
are like what is it those like chili dishes and stuff and then just put it in the mm-hmm. freezer for like yeah freezer meals for when you're really busy but I don't think it's hard at all I just think you need to yeah be on top of planning your meals for the week and then just prepping but I don't think it takes I don't think it's difficult yeah yeah I feel the same way um I don't think that it's that much extra time. I've, I've done these things. People always ask me at work, like, Oh, you bring your lunch to work every single day. Like, how do you have the time in the morning to wake up and make yourself breakfast and lunch? And I actually like did this on my Instagram. I like set my phone up and I like filmed myself making my lunch and then saw like how long it was. And it was literally like 11 minutes. And I was like 11 minutes guys. Like, and I, and I can cut that in half. I could go longer, like depending on what you're making. Um, but it's really not that much time extra to just prioritize yourself. You know, it's, it's an investment in the long run to just spend an extra 10 minutes. And if you look at your screen time, how much time you're spending on your phone scrolling, <laughs> you can save, like, you can knock like 20 minutes off of that to cook yourself a healthy meal. I really think that it's possible. So that's, that's what I would, that's what I would say to that. Yeah. And what I do is usually I'll just cook like a bigger dinner and then say the next day, if I have leftover stir fry, if it's like a pasta salad, I might just cook like those vegan chicken tenders in the morning. So if I'm cooking my breakfast, if I'm making like something on toast, eating some, um, I don't usually have the traditional cereal, but I have cereal like made from lots of seeds and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I will just be eating that and then just cooking the chicken in the pan at the same time. And I can go on my phone at the same time. It's just like, yeah well it's like yeah it's just multitasking (laughs) I guess but it's like really easy and then I yeah I usually just take protein shakes and smoothies because I can't even go three hours without eating so when I'm at work I'm like okay just got to work and like yeah hungry so like have some protein shake and stuff to help you feeling full keep you going and help your uh, mental concentration and stuff but you just put it in the shaker and take it it's really really quick (laughs) Yeah, there's there's tons of really quick meals. I stopped baking yeah. sweet potatoes because I was like, I don't have an hour to wait for a sweet potato to bake, and I just microwave it for like ten minutes, and yeah. like just things like that, or like the instant pot, like yeah. uh, a spaghetti squash takes like an hour to roast in the oven, but you can have an instant pot and cook it in I think it's like ten minutes, <laughs> and yeah. there's like there's tons of like little time savers you can find or just making things work for you. Like if you don't have time to make yourself lunch in the morning, I feel like you probably have like two minutes to make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which is plant-based and you could do like some natural peanut butter and some whole grain bread. And it would be pretty high in protein and high in calories to keep you full for longer. It would take you like five minutes at most to put it together. And it's better than spending, you know, $15 on the drive-through somewhere and, you know, eating some fast food. Like I think we all have enough time to like make those little meals for ourselves and prioritize our health yeah and even if you just spend the sunday doing um a savory thing like yeah the huge tray of roast veggies or something and then like a sweet thing like if you just do um bliss balls like i made bliss balls over a week ago and yeah i've still got like half the container left and you've just got something sweet to nibble on if you're hungry just like a healthy snack in the fridge um the other thing with plant-based food is it lasts way longer i eat food up to a week old like five to seven days old because it doesn't grow the same bacteria I'd say it's like if it has meat in it like it's not dangerous as such so depending on the dish as long as it's not depending on what ingredients go into it but yeah when I was doing that I just found yeah the food just lasts a lot longer so you don't need to worry about that kind of thing so that's like a helpful mm-hmm. thing as well yeah and you can always freeze stuff if you think it's going to go bad you know mm-hmm. so yeah um, number 12, what are the negative, uh, number 13, what are the negatives of going plant-based? Uh, so some of the notes I've got here is, um, being prepared, 
being prepared, as we were just saying, I don't think it's a negative, but it might just be a change for someone who isn't already doing that. So it's just developing those new habits um, so that you can set yourself up for success. Um, social judgment and criticism and being the weird one. <laughs> I don't really care. No. <laughs> what was exactly that? what I have, that's exactly what I have written down, being the weird one and isolation and family criticism. <laughs> I don't really mind because I kind of handle it in a funny way if someone, I don't know, if I'm like at a dinner or something <laughs> and someone's like, oh, do you not eat meat? And I'm like, yeah, but my biceps are bigger than you. Then I'll show them my bicep and they're like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a superpower. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't mind because I know in myself that I'm doing something amazing. So another way I look at it is like every time you sit down for a meal, you're like, whoa, I'm saving the planet or like the animals. Yeah. I have it like three times a day or like five times a day, including snacks. You're like, wow, I'm doing something amazing. And you sit down, well, I'm doing like the right thing. And it's really good for your spiritual self, like your mental health, knowing that you're making a difference. So I don't mind. Um, and I guess I just like proving people wrong anyway. I'm doing... Oh, I'm doing my first bodybuilding show in three weeks and I kind of jumped into it because I needed it for my mental health. Look after myself, keep going to the gym and stuff. So it was more motivation to stay on track with my health. And yeah, people, I had this girl message me the other day and she was like, yeah, I really want to go back to my, um, back to plant-based eating. When I did it, I had so much energy and felt amazing. But she said her boyfriend is also into bodybuilding and is so against it. And I've like been told that a lot. Like you can never get lean because it's got so many cards. It's impossible. I'm just like, well, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, do you remember me telling you that um I had like commented on one of your videos when you talked about like I think I'm gonna do this I think I'm gonna compete and I do things a little bit differently do you remember me commenting on that I think that was like when we first started talking oh I can't remember what you said though I I just was like you have to do this like you have oh. to be someone that like you know proves everybody wrong you have to be like another example of a fit healthy plant-based eater you know what I mean and like just show everybody that you're competing with because you were saying that you like do everything a little differently and that you like spoke to a coach and they were like oh you want to do it that way but like it's so cool yeah. to like challenge the normalcy of everything involved in that and be like look I, I did it <laughs> and I hopefully think, you win <laughs> yeah I think even with my whole prep like I'm only sounds ridiculous I'm giving myself six I gave myself six weeks instead of 20 weeks because I'm just jumping into it for my mental health, I would say, yeah. um, which is like ridiculous for most people. But I'm still doing things that other people aren't even doing. Like I was still drinking wine. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed like a glass of Pinot Gris. And I was like, I really need this. And it's like just nice to relax at the end of the day. Everyone else like, hasn't had a drink for like th the last three months. And I'm like, oh, well, like I'm just living my life. So it's not like I'm not dedicated and like I don't care but I'm just trying to do it in a way that's nice and being kind to my body I didn't go to the gym to do my session yesterday because I literally felt like I couldn't do it so I just made sure I had a good sleep so I can do double the effort today and make sure I stay on track but I find yeah I'm taking a completely different approach to most people and I know there's yeah there's still a couple of like a few vegan bodybuilders it's very uncommon but I want to just do it, yeah, in a way that's not so harsh on the body. Yeah, very kind to yourself, listening to what you actually need and stuff. So mm -hmm. it'll just be interesting to see how it turns out. So I'm really nervous. But it'll be exciting. Yeah. 
I am really excited for you. I think that you're going to make a really big impact on anyone that like follows your journey doing it. Any like videos or posts you make about it, anyone watching you, I think is going to like be really inspired by the way that you're doing things. Cause like you, like you said, a lot of people um, do develop like poor relationships with food and with their body and their body image. And like the fact that you're just, you're just doing things completely differently, I think is going to inspire a lot of people. Mm, hopefully. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add about like any more negatives about plant-based or veganism? Um, no, I mean the isolation being the weird one, family criticism, those are like the only negatives I think, because everything else about this lifestyle for me has been nothing but positive. Hmm. Um, I guess maybe you might, and a negative might be, um, bloating that is something I hear a lot of people complain about at the beginning because they're just their guts aren't used to digesting high fiber foods mm, um yes. so that's something a lot of people are constantly dming me saying like I want to eat the way you're eating and um I tried like a few recipes but then like oh it kind of hurt my stomach and you know you'd have to go like I eat a lot of beans like way more beans than most people eat and um people see that and they're like how are you digesting that and like it just takes like some some uh, patience with your body to like incorporate those foods slowly and build that, build that up. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I, I really don't see any negatives to this lifestyle. I was like, I was just telling the lady at Trader Joe's today, like I'm thriving. I'll be vegan for the rest of my life. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's a good point to touch on as well. Cause the whole, oh yeah. One of the reasons I went plant-based was because I was so bloated before making the switch. Oh really? Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I had mentioned that the first time we filmed this video, but I had like such a pregnant stomach after every meal. It was bursting through my clothes and I've been to hospital a few times. I thought I had pains in my uterus. I thought I had an ectomic pregnancy and they're like, oh, they felt around. They're like, oh, that's just your bowels. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my bloating was so bad. And it's, um, I couldn't, I don't think I could break down meat properly, like probably more red meat and stuff that takes longer to digest. And couldn't tolerate most types of gluten and dairy was so bad as well. So probably like personal information, but I was only going to the bathroom like every four days. So I was like oh so clogged up. Yeah. That's when I was at uni and like the food they fed us at uni was really old meat. And like the veggies would be like two soggy pieces of broccoli, like nothing and heaps oh. of white bread. And that's like what we were fed on campus as well. So we didn't really have a choice. Um, and then when I watched these, I like, yeah, finished uni and I started working in the city and then watched What the Health. That was the first thing. Oh, the first one ever I watched Earthlings and, oh, that is very intense, but I think so important at the same time. And then I tried going vegetarian, only lasted three weeks and like didn't know what to do and then stopped. Then after I watched What the Health, I'm like, what? People are reversing their deadly diseases, like getting better. And then I made the switch and then my bloating has like healed and I still would get bloating from some foods up until I realized probably the last year I think it's been three and a half years for me now over the last one to two years I only get bloated maybe once a month like if that like only a few times a year I'd say and mm -hmm. what I say to my clients is like if they try to have beans instead of having this whole thing of beans in their meal just add a tablespoon or two spoonfuls so it's like a very small amount and then you'll um over time you'll build the right gut bacteria to end up um so that your body learns how to digest it properly but yeah I think it is literally just the fiber because most people in the world probably aren't eating enough and they're not, they're not. <laughs> information as well but when you 
go to the bathroom you shouldn't have to try if that makes mm-hmm. sense like if you're like men or I think it's usually men they're like say how they're like sitting in there for ages they can read a whole magazine while, while they're in there imagine yeah how much time that would take but like you shouldn't have to strain or it shouldn't be an effort it should just be like easy and you should be going between one and three times a day and that means that your body's working properly you're flushing out all the toxins and like getting all the food moving through and then that also helps um avoid bowel cancer as well because that's from not having enough fiber and then all this toxins and like rotten food are like building up and your intestines and stuff and then that's what like one of the things that can cause cancer so if you're just keeping everything moving through like heaps of fiber and stuff it's really really good for you in the long run but yeah just being like patient and working into it slowly like just trying a few meals a week and like slowly adding ingredients yeah building up your gut bacteria to be able to handle all of that stuff and ruling out food intolerances as well just um when I have clients like with the whole gluten thing I swap to gluten-free bread and gluten-free pasta but say if I have the vegan chicken and it's got like a crumb on it I don't worry if it's got gluten because it's such a small amount my body doesn't notice so I think I just do it for the major things like things that you're eating like large portions of so it's not strict gluten-free but depends on the person again but just swapping out the things that contain heaps of gluten that are really gluggy and heavy in your stomach that's a big tip as well yeah as far as the the gluten thing I actually just um read fiber fueled and I think if anybody is feeling like they possibly have an issue with gluten that would be a really good book to read um it's by a guy named Dr. Will Bolshewitz he just goes by Dr. B um and he also has a bunch of podcasts and his Instagram is uh the gut health MD, but, um, he pretty much, he has this whole thing. I was just reading it and talking about how a lot of people think that they have an issue with gluten, but they don't. And by eliminating it actually causes more harm than good. Mm. So, um, I just think if anybody is kind of dabbling into like, you know, considering mm. they think they might have some sort of issue with gluten that they should uh, read that book. So, yeah. Yeah. I just found by having gluten-free bread instead of normal bread, I was having wholemeal seed like yeah wholemeal stuff before but just the gluten-free stuff it's a lot less gluggy in your stomach and I also tell my clients about like food combining so instead of just having toast for breakfast adding peanut butter banana and chia seeds so it's got like a lot more stuff to digest with instead of just bread so that's one tip as well if you're having pasta adding like heaps of broccoli or spinach or um lots of greens to it so it's a lot easier to digest I just find that's worked for me as well yeah yeah Number 14, um, <laughs> how is a vegan diet and ketogenic diet both leading if they are so opposite? So I did finally, I've been wanting to write a blog post on this for years and I just like re- listening to different people's stories and experiences and stuff to come to my own conclusion. But I've just written a huge blog post on it, like comparing the negatives and positives of a keto diet, vegan diet and plant-based diet. And with the keto diet, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because me and you just our last conversation was so funny there's only like three positives and there was like 20 negatives <laughs> so number one positive is you can lose weight like people use it for weight loss but then there's been these studies done and most of it is water weight it's not even fat loss and because it's not sustainable long term so once you go back to your normal way of eating like you haven't gained anything you're just doing yo-yo dieting um One of the other positives is you can get, like people do feel more energetic. And another one is that it cuts out lots of processed food and unhealthy sugars, which is good. But the list of negatives is like 
so bad it's not even worth it and then with plant-based diet and veganism yeah it's basically all the stuff we've already talked about like so many negatives like reversing disease like actual weight loss weight maintenance doing good for the planet no one like the whole world can't eat keto with all the meat and dairy because the planet can't like keep up kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just not good and um yeah last time we had the conversation we're just saying how people just use it for an external reason like yeah I want to lose weight but they eat so much butter and I've heard people say they just eat the cheap shitty cuts of meat like they cut the fat off the pork and then eat that part and like it just sounds so horrific and they eat hardly any veggies on it I think you can do it in like an okay way if you do eat heaps of salad and stuff but it's not necessary to cut out carbs like basically a hundred percent or to only five grams a day or however they do it like there's so many other ways that you can achieve better results by eating in a more sustainable way that's better for your health so many other reasons yeah Yeah. absolutely um basically just to reiterate what you just said it's keto is popular because you do lose weight and you know it's really um I, I can empathize with somebody seeing a family member or a friend or a coworker and they're like, yeah, I've done keto and I've lost a hundred pounds. Like, obviously you're going to be intrigued by that. Um, and anybody that does keto pretty much seems to have success and lose weight. Um, but at what cost? And like the cost is like you said, like you're, you're pretty much decreasing, you're decreasing your lifespan. You're increasing your risk for, uh, getting all these chronic Western diseases because we, we have science to show us that the more meat and dairy and eggs that you're consuming, the more you're increasing your risk of heart disease and cancer and stroke and diabetes. So it doesn't really make sense to go on a whole diet based off of those foods. Like, yeah, you might lose weight, but then do you end up with heart disease at the end of it? Like, that's not what you want, I would assume. Um, So a lot of people, I think, just kind of ignore. And then obviously, like the, the environmental impact, like you said, of just eating like a pretty much like animal product based diet. I mean, I know some people have like avocados and nuts and stuff, but it pretty much animal products are the main thing in keto. And that, like you said, it's really, really harmful for the environment. Um, anybody that I think is like questioning that a little bit should watch Cowspiracy on Netflix that kind of dives into the negative environmental impact of raising animals for food. Um, I would highly recommend watching that. And also Seaspiracy just came out, which I think is incredible. I got to recommend that one as well. Um, but also I think we're, uh, we should link this video. I, I posted on my Instagram recently that I was interested in if anybody knew of any long-term studies on ketogenic diets and um, nobody really gave me anything. So I just was doing a bunch of research on my own and I actually found this video that we can link below um, by this guy who he's an earth scientist and he has been for, I think he said like 15 or 16 years in his last video I watched. And um, he just did a really good job of just like objectively comparing plant-based and keto diets. So um, I think we should link that below for anybody that is also curious. I found a lot of information in there that I thought was like, he did a really good job. Yeah. I think um, in that Cowspiracy uh, doco as well, I think we should mention that thing about um, only eating grass fed meat because it's better for your health. But then if, we don't even have enough space as it is for all the animals. Then if everyone eats grass fed, there's like no land. We wouldn't even fit on the planet. I, I think they say that we would need like four earths. 
like the population where it's at right now, we would need like like four Earths to yeah. sustain that amount of uh, livestock grazing. And, you know, they have to grow all of the food to feed the livestock too. So that takes up a lot of room. And, you know, we're currently tearing down the rainforests to make room for growing soy to feed them and making room for them to be able to just walk around. We do not have enough space on this planet to sustain everybody eating that way. Yeah. There's a lot of misinformation as well. Like I've had some friends who are into eating like mostly vegan and stuff, but it's just because of, I don't know if it's marketing or different propaganda that's out there. And they're like, oh, isn't it really bad to have tofu and soy milk because the uh, the Amazon's getting um, teared down for like soybeans. And I'm like, no, that's for the animal food. So you need all this soy to feed the cows. But like one person eating this tofu is nothing compared to the animals so it's just like really doesn't make sense in terms of like the calories we get like from the land like the amount of food that we can produce getting fed to a cow to get like one piece of steak versus like we could end world hunger if most people were eating plant-based and vegan yeah (laughs) I read somewhere um I don't remember why I looked this up but I wanted to know like what the conversion was, like how many calories we are putting into feeding a chicken versus how much we get out. And the ratio was eight to one. And a chicken is the most like sustainable animal product. You know, that's not, I don't even know what the ratio is for feeding a cow and how much, you know, protein we get out of that or calories we get out of that. But yeah, eight to one. So we're feeding them like eight times the amount of food that we get in return from taking their meat. And like, that's, that's a lot. So <sighs> yeah <laughs> don't do it guys um number 15 i'll let you answer this one it's our favorite vegan nutrition books because i think you had a few good ones uh yeah how not to die by uh, dr michael greger is amazing if you're interested in um preventing some of the illnesses that you have seen your family suffer from that you think you know i'm i'm doomed to get this disease because everyone in my family has it. And then you start to kind of realize like, well, there's certain lifestyle factors that are at play that have contributed to why everyone in your family has that disease. And even if there's like, there's this quote that says, um, your genes, your like genetic makeup, your genes, like they load the gun, but your lifestyle is what pulls the trigger. And I just think that that's like so powerful. Like you might be at some sort of like predisposition to diabetes or something. I know I am. My dad has an autoimmune disease. My grandma has uh, diabetes. My grandpa just got diagnosed with um, cancer and uh, a prostate cancer. I was trying to think of what it was, prostate cancer. And that's just on one side of the family. That's not even considering my mom's like she has breast cancer on her side. But I, I genuinely feel that I am, you know, after reading this book, How Not to Die, he just goes through like how not to die of breast cancer, how not to die of diabetes, how not to die of heart disease. And like all the studies, everything that we have talking about um, what leads to people developing those, those diseases, because like we said, in the blue zones, people aren't getting those diseases at the alarming rates that we are in Western societies. And there's like plenty of populations that have like really, really, really like, if any low rates of certain cancers and stuff that we just think like, it's a, it's like a one in four chance for those things here in the U S or maybe in Australia. And, um, so I think that that book, how not to die is just really powerful, um, for anyone to read. I know that I was like, I need to share this with everybody, <laughs> you know, like I, when my, when I found out that my grandpa had, um, his cancer, I was like immediately reading that chapter and like sharing that information with my dad. And I don't think he's going to listen, but it's just cool to know, like to tell my dad who's eating plant-based, like, Hey, look, like you're, you're not going to, 
you know, you can, you have an opportunity here to not go down that same path. Hmm. So, and I think that that's like really empowering because some people just kind of throw their hands up and they're like, well, it's going to happen to me, you know, and like, it doesn't have to. Yeah, they show that stuff a lot, like in the documentaries and stuff. Yeah, they're like, oh, this disease runs in my family. But then they're like, the lifestyle, like the lifestyle habits and eating habits run in the family. So it's like, oh my God. And it's so sad. Yeah, people just accept it. Like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to get cancer. And like, yeah. you don't have to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. yeah crazy. <laughs> but yeah. A Hanata diet and fiber fueled also. Um, but there's, that's, on like the nutrition aspect of things. There's, um, another book that I think is really important to read. It's by the joyful vegan. Um, and I I think it's called how to stay vegan in a world that wants you to eat meat, dairy, and eggs. I think it's like a really long title like that, but, um, that one's a really good book too. So those are my top three. The other one is, um, the China study. I haven't read the book because I don't have like the attention span to sit down and read, but I, I like watching videos about it, like about, the research findings and stuff. Um, but that one is very informative as well. Yeah. Uh, the video that we're going to link about the guy comparing keto and plant-based, he has another video on his channel, which is what led me to his channel in the first place that he actually goes through and he, he's like going through, like, I didn't even know there were this many nutrition books out there. And from like the 1500s till now, tons of nutrition books, he goes through and he, once he pretty much like lays it out here for you, like, okay, here's this guy from the 1500s. This is his book that he wrote. And this is the lifestyle that he promoted. And he kind of inspired this guy. And that guy inspired this guy who wrote the Adkins diet. And now they're doing the keto diet and there's all this stuff and tons of plant-based things thrown in there too. And he just talks about like, okay, well, this is the, the book that they wrote. Here it is. This is what they promoted. And here's how old they were when they died and what they died of. And I just thought it was so interesting, like seeing how so many people died, like in their fifties and sixties from a stroke or from a heart attack and things like that. And they were promoting this way of eating. And then people continued to buy that book and not pay attention to like, okay, the guy that like, you know, really enthusiastically promoted this lifestyle, like look what happened to him. Do we really want to follow his advice? Yeah. So. Is it saying there? Cause I saw somewhere like the guy who invented the Atkins and like keto diet died of like heart disease or something was did it say anything about that because I don't know if it was true or not um I he mentioned it a little bit and I'm pretty sure what he said was that the cause of his death is unknown I don't know if they like never wanted to disclose it or anything um but they they did have a guy in there I don't know if you've ever seen the show uh the biggest loser there was a it's like do you know what I'm talking about the biggest loser they like you know okay so um there was a coach on there. I forget his name, but he really, really, really promoted like a high animal protein, low carbohydrate diet. And he was like fit and chiseled and like the epitome of health. Like if you looked at him and he actually got a, had a heart attack at around the age of like 50 and luckily he survived it. And then he spent a while afterwards working with cardiologists to understand like, why did this happen to me? You know, I thought I was healthy. I promoted all these, you know, lifestyles and um, was showing them to everybody and encouraging people to live the way that I live. But then this happened to me. So why did this happen? And he worked with all of them. And now he actually just came out with another, like a new book and he's like completely flipped the scripts. And I think it's called like, uh, it's like the carbohydrate miracle or something like that. And it's just like, the complete opposite, like all about like plant-based eating and how cardiologists like recommend that and how he's got this whole new like take on life. And um, he was mentioned in there. So I thought that that was really cool, but there's, there's so many different examples in that video. We should link that for everyone too, that if they want to watch it. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
number the last question is number 16 how to choose a dairy-free milk so it's a very like light question i guess you could say (laughs) (laughs) or make it a little bit deeper i just (laughs) touch on like on (laughs) on drinking cow's milk because i made this graphic and put it on my instagram and i said why would you wake up in the morning and drink someone else's mum's milk so if we think it's weird like say if yeah i'm 24 if i was still like breastfeeding from my mom like everyone would think i'm weird but then why would we drink someone else's mum's milk and there's no like there's no other species in the world that drinks milk from another animal obviously like unless their mum died another animal takes them in kind of thing which doesn't happen often but like there's no like we wouldn't drink our dog's milk and take their puppies off them so that we could have it instead or anything like that. Or yeah, why not like, yeah, like rhino milk or like giraffe milk and stuff. And heaps of people think that the reason cows are on the earth is to give us milk, but they've got to be impregnated first and they only live a few years because then they're so exhausted from having all these babies and being milked every day that they just get sent to slaughter like only a few years old. Um, Mm. But the way, like, I saw this life-changing video and it was just saying, like, because cows are so big compared to humans, they, like, looked at the protein content in cow mammal milk compared to humans and it's just such a different formula because they need to grow their baby calf into, like, this massive mammal as fast as possible so that they can survive. And when you put that into the human body, they say that it makes all your organs grow like all your reproductive organs and stuff and makes your uterus grow and your like breasts and stuff I don't know how true that is but I realized that I used to have like huge boobs when I was at school I don't know if it's coincidence but then they like shrunk a little bit and I don't know if it's because my puberty just stopped and my hormones flipped but it was like the same time that I stopped drinking cow's milk and I realized that like a few years ago I was like wait a minute that's so weird and I don't know if it's linked to that or not but I just think it's so important to think that like yeah people were like oh yeah cow's milk will make you grow big and strong and your yeah helps you survive and have strong bones but then if you've got cancer cells it makes the cancer cells grow and it makes everything grow and um it's also like very mucus binding in the body so I stopped cow's milk when I was 17 before that I had a cough for a whole year every season I just like couldn't stop coughing up this mucus <laughs> and then I stopped drinking it and then it just went away and like the doctors would never tell you that they just would give you a pill to like try and fix it which doesn't um yeah. but I just think it completely just doesn't make sense to be having that in your diet um yeah do you have anything else to add to that <laughs> few things um <laughs> so you mentioned the China study a minute ago and the doctor that uh, wrote the China study and like did all those, uh, those experiments, he actually has it in the book that he was able to, his whole, he grew up on a dairy farm. Um, and he, and he went to, huh? I think I can't remember his name, but I think that was the one in the video I saw who said makes everything grow, but I don't I, remember what thing he, I believe it's Dr. T Colin Campbell. I think that's who it is. Um, he, I, I know this like off the top of my head right now. Cause I actually was scrolling on Amazon prime last night for like documentaries to watch. And I stumbled upon a documentary and it mentioned this. Um, but he was talking about how his whole thing was, he went in, I want to say it was Malaysia. He wanted to help the, um, people there 
the children um, to be healthier and he wanted to get them more protein. He, his whole thing was based off of like children need more protein to grow and like to be healthier and stuff. And then he started to realize that the areas that consumed the like the certain like villages and areas and cities that consumed the highest amounts of animal protein have the highest rates of cancer. So he took that back to um, the university that he was working at. And he actually like showed a little like graph thing on his uh, presentation he was giving showing that they, so casein is the main protein found in cow's milk. And he was showing that in rats, they did a study where they increase the amount of casein and they would see the trend towards cancer go up then they would take it away reduce the casein completely eliminate it and then they would see it go down and the way he described that it was just like this zigzag like take the casein away and then all of a sudden your cancer starts to go away and then put the casein back in and your cancer goes up and he was like we have proof that in rats you can turn on and off the cancer cells by increasing the the casein the dairy uh, from the cows yeah and he was like this you know, shook me basically. Like I live on a dairy farm. I'm promoting all of this. Like, and that was kind of what led him to create the China study to like go through and really like dive deep into analyzing that. And I just thought that was like really interesting. Um, so I wanted to mention that. And also like, yes, dairy is like the cruelest industry. I personally think on the planet, because not only are we killing an animal, but we are forcefully impregnating another female animal, a mammal. And then we're, and that's a really gross process. And then taking the baby away, they, they carry their babies for as long as humans do. So about nine months, they carry their baby. And then as soon as they give birth to it, we just take it away. And I just, as a woman, I cannot imagine the psychological toll that that would take on me to like carry someone inside of me for that long. And be so excited to meet my child and then have someone take it away and hook me up to a machine and take my breast milk for another species to drink that doesn't need it. And that's making their people actually sicker from consuming it. Like none of it makes any sense to me at all. I absolutely think dairy is just the worst of the worst. And so many people don't know that. So like they're contributing to it without knowing it. Like I had a coworker once who said, well, like, don't cows just make milk? And I said, no, babe, they don't make milk because they're cows. They make milk because they're mothers. And she was a mom and she was like, oh. and I was like, yeah, you know, the breast milk that like you produced after you had your baby a few years ago to yeah. feed your baby, all mammals do the same thing. You know this. And she's like, oh. like all this like light bulb went on. She was like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like nobody really takes the time to think about it. I didn't. Yeah. But um, when you actually like look at it, like you're like, none of this makes sense. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And it's so sad as well because like the boys I've been thinking about this a lot a lot lately how humans just think that we just throw away the useless things like in the egg industry all the male chicks that are born which is like half of the eggs they're like so useless so they just grind them up alive same as the bobby calves like they're not going to give us milk so they just get sent to slaughter straight away which is really sad but I've even heard people say like yeah, like milking the cows is so good for them. They just love it and it makes them so happy. And that's because their breasts are so full and probably painful that they can't wait to get this milk out of them. But I couldn't imagine like having a baby year after year. And then like, oh, I saw this such a sad story. This um, cow had um, twins and one of the babies got taken off, but the farmer didn't notice the second baby for like a few days. And the cow like would hide it in the bush and like feed it in secret and eventually the farmer found it and took it as well but it's like I just like can't believe how sad it is and another thing related to the health is the studies show that the countries around the world who drink the most amounts of milk um also had the highest rates of osteoporosis osteoporosis 
Um, and it's because oh, the sentence is so long, but it's like because when you have more protein, it increases the acidity in your blood. So I think your body pulls the calcium from your bones to neutralize the acid or something like that. Um, yeah. It actually has the opposite effect. So it's not actually giving you strong bones. So if you have the other sources of calcium, like the plant-based sources, it will actually do its job, if that makes sense. But everyone's just like, yeah, you need it for strong bones and you get so strong and it's like, making them break their bones when they get older. <laughs> it's just not good for anybody involved. And it, it needs to be a thing of the past. I, I think we're moving towards that. Um, our, like, our question, how to choose a dairy-free milk. There are so many dairy-free milk alternatives out there. Starbucks has Oatly now, and I've had their drink. I've been getting it actually, like shamefully, I've been getting their new drink, the oat milk brown sugar latte, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> um, but you can just go and you can get soy milk and oat milk and almond milk, and there's like a million other hemp milk, and like, just there's there's no reason to drink cow's milk. There really isn't. Yeah, with um soy uh, soy milk, I think that's my favorite one because I like the creamy thickness yeah. of it. Um. And I'd plus, say, the, plus the protein too. Like soy milk is like creamiest and has the highest amount of protein and yeah. like the lowest amount of fat. Cause like oat milk, they add oil to it sometimes. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Oat milk is really um, nice and coffee as well, but soy milk's my go-to. Yeah. Cause I like the, the thickness, but it's also got the most nutrients I think. And there's, yeah, we won't touch on it too much now, but there's all these misconceptions about soy that that will give you cancer, but that's a complete lie because all the people in um, Asia who eat soy every day, all the women, they've got the lowest amounts of breast cancer. So it's not going to give you man boobs or give you breast cancer or yeah. um, anything like that. So soy milk is actually really good for you. Um, and that's like, yeah, a great source of nutrients and it tastes amazing. Other than that, like I usually just, I usually just have soy milk as my go-to, but sometimes if I feel like something different, I'll buy a different one to put in my smoothie or something. But yeah, you just like taste a few and then just see whatever one's your favorite. And then, yeah, you'll be good from there. And just know that uh, drinking it on its own, probably not going to be the most pleasant experience. Like sometimes, I mean, some I kind of like drinking soy milk after I'll like dip some coffee in, or some uh, cookies in it. Um, and it's like a little bit sweeter from like, a little bit of the sugar that come up from the cookies, like then I'll drink it, but I never just like reach for a glass of plant milk to drink, but like in cereals and in recipes and, you know, you just, it swaps so easily. And as far as like dairy free other products, like sour cream and cheeses, like they just keep getting better. And you, it's sometimes a waste of money. You buy something and you're like, okay, that was disgusting. Like I bought the sour cream once from target and I was pissed. I was like, this is the grossest thing ever. Um, but since then I have found like five other vegan sour creams that I love and uh, that my family loves too. Cause I went on the hunt for it because my fiance's mom loves putting sour cream on stuff. And I was like, well, there's gotta be a vegan sour cream out there that is good. So I went on the mission and tried it all of them. And I found a few that I like and like vegan cheeses. They just, you know, if you think of just Daya, you're kind of like living in the past, even though like they have reformulated their brand and they have a really good, um, cheese now but there's vile life there's follow your heart like there's there's so many different vegan cheeses and like i live in california there's a few different like vegan cheese shops in la that i could go to if i really wanted to you can buy like really fancy like vegan brie online wow. like there's yeah. so many options yeah and there's just and then there's nutritional yeast like there's uh 
plenty of options for vegan cheeses. I have a whole highlight actually, like on my Instagram of just like labeled vegan cheese, where I like have posted about like a few of my favorites. And I, I used to love cheese before I went vegan. I remember having this conversation with one of my friends once where this other girl like chimed in and was like, Oh, I've never had some sort of like fancy cheese. And I was like, Oh, you haven't like, I loved cheese and uh, like going vegan and knowing that there's like, I didn't have to give that up that little, like secret little hobby of mine of like loving cheeses. I can still keep that, you know? So anyways, (laughs) I think that's everything for today. Um, if anyone watching has any questions, just link them below and we'll put like all of the resources and things we're talking about in the description as well. Um, did you have anything else to say before we finish up? Mm, We said it all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, how does this happen? (laughs) yeah um cool i think that's everything well thanks for watching everyone i hope you found it really informative i just think it's so cool doing like a deep dive and like sharing our knowledge because i've been looking into all this stuff for years and like listening to people's stories and finding information and allison does the same just doing all this research and it's like we both just find it so interesting so yeah thanks for coming on and yeah i hope that we can inspire some people to make some changes and yeah (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> 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 <laughs>